Welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast, which, with this instalment, reaches double figures. My name is Dominic Tyre, and I'm Pharma Forum's Creative and Editorial Director. For episode 10, I spoke to Nicola Redfern, who's UK General Manager at Bluebird Bio, a Cambridge, Massachusetts-based company that has gone from being a gene therapy startup to having three potential blockbusters on its books. Putting that in context, Nicola provided an overview of gene therapy and outlined Bluebird Bio's pipeline focus before looking at the UK market access environment for gene therapies. We also discussed Brexit and its implications for the UK biotech sector, though it should be noted that the podcast was recorded before the European Parliament elections and Theresa May's announcement she would be stepping down as Prime Minister. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other instalments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast and Stitcher, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. Nicola, welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. Thank you. So uh, we, we're here in your um, uh, offices for Bluebird Bio in, in Basingstoke, but could, could you give us a bit of an introduction to, to the company? So we're a gene and cell therapy company who specialise in rare diseases and severe genetic abnormalities. Um, we are based in the US, in Cambridge, near Boston, um, but over the last couple of years have developed a European presence such that we've now got offices in Switzerland um, and also opened the office in the UK back in October, November time last year um, and very much see the UK as a significant part of our business moving forward. So an exciting time for us. Mm-hmm. And, it, well, it, and it's certainly an exciting time, I think, for, for gene therapy developments at, at, at the moment. For those uh, listeners who might be um, unfamiliar with, with the area, could you give us a, a brief overview of, of uh, gene therapy? Yes, yeah, so gene therapy un- addresses the underlying cause of disease. Um, and it's based on three decades of sort of scientific development. So it's relatively new still. Um, But in simple terms, it repairs or turns off or replaces the genes that are causing the underlying disease. Um, So there's different types. And at Bluebird, we're focused on one particular technique, which is called gene addition. Um, So what you do is you seek to put working copies of the gene back into the patient's body Mm -hmm. and cells so that you actually address the underlying cause of the disease itself. Um, it's known as ex vivo because the process actually takes place outside of the patient's body using the patient's own cells. So in simplistic terms, you do a process called apheresis, which is very familiar to hospitals in the UK, remove the patient's cells, um, send them off to our manufacturing plant, which is based in Munich in Germany, um, where you insert into the cells um, the genetic, sort of new genetic information using a modified lentiviral virus, um, which is a process that's known as transduction. Mm -hmm. Um, And what then happens is those modified cells are put back into the patient through a transfusion back at the hospital um, and then multiply after the transfusion so that the patient produces new cells with the functional gene in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Um, so from a patient point of view, they then remain in hospital for a while while 
their immune system recovers after the process. Um, but the benefit, if you like, for them as an individual is you're using their own cells so you don't get the concerns or complications that you often get around rejection or graft-versus-host disease that some of the listeners may have heard of, mm-hmm. um, which is what you do if you've got a donor. And presumably potential efficacy um, benefits because of, of that. So, so, so you, get, you get the safety benefits of not using a donor cell. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so uh, you mentioned that the, the company's been um, here in Basingstoke um, since about October, November um, time. And it, yes. I think that roughly coincides with when, when you um, moved into your, your current role as, um, general, as GM, GM for, the, for the UK. Correct. Yeah. What, what was the career path then that, that's um, seen you arrive at this, this destination so far? So um, I joined the industry back in 1989, having done a psychology degree and also worked at a children's hospice up in Yorkshire. Um, And I loved the children's hospice. It was a fantastic experience. And if you like, lends itself to what I'm doing now because very much work with children with genetic and very rare abnormalities um, and their families. So saw it as a member of the care team, but came into industry because I wanted to explore different areas still related to health came in initially in a sales role, went through various remits across 10 different companies, if anybody Mm -hmm. looks at my profile. Um, So have had the opportunity to work in various size companies, various different countries of origin, um, but moved into market access back in 99 um, and have very much focused on rare disease and some of the access issues specifically to UK since then. Um, I think what Bluebird does for me is give me the opportunity to come in and do what I really enjoy, which is be at an organisation at the start, come in and help shape something, um, but also make a difference. So working externally with the NHS, with NICE, having that opportunity to partner with them to actually ensure patients in the UK have got access to new innovations quickly is really, really important to me. So it, it's a great opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I suppose um, taking on your, your first market access role in, in 1999, that's, if memory serves, either the year or the year after NICE was founded. So True. Uh, you, it m- must have been an interesting time to, to be in it, market access going through, through that sort of form, formative uh, stage for, for NICE. It's, it's been very exciting to watch nice the nhs and the industry develop over those decades really um and obviously know a lot of people and we've worked together on a lot of different projects Mm -hmm. and um in in terms of market access then in in the uk um and market uh, the environment for for rare diseases particularly gene gene therapy how how do you how do you view that at the the moment is it is it an easy space to be operating in I think the industry in the rare disease space are very much agreed that more needs to be done in order for new innovations to reach patients quickly at the point they get the European licence. And I think that's very true in the rare disease space. Um, I think England is known to be rather stringent in the way it assesses new treatments as they come to market. In contrast, perhaps Scotland at the moment has a lot more flexibility or is building in more flexibility around that market access piece and access for rare disease specifically. 
But I think it's really important that we partner as industry with NHS England, NHS Scotland, with NICE and the SNC to make sure patients can access treatments quickly. Um, and I think there's some specific challenges about how does the system do that when it comes to gene therapy. So our health system is set up predominantly to manage and evaluate chronic diseases and look at things that are paid for over years as the patient has ongoing treatment. Mm. I think what's new with gene therapies is that it is a one-off treatment and therefore it is a one-off payment, but it is offsetting costs within the health system for potentially decades to come. And we need to think about how do we adjust the way we do things in order to make that happen from a payment perspective and from a affordability perspective. I think when it comes to NICE, you know, the highly specialised technology appraisal process is well set up and very good at taking into consideration some of the uncertainty around data, the small patient numbers and the challenges that come with rare disease and evaluating affordability and cost effectiveness in the rare disease space. I think the single technology appraisal route finds that more difficult. The committees haven't got that same level of experience in looking at these sorts of conditions. Mm. And we probably need to see some adaptation and something change in that context as the NICE methodology review takes place mm. later did, this year. Yeah. I did, do you have cons any concerns around uh, the capacity of NICE to be able to um, uh, evaluate the, all of these the new um, treatments that are coming through? Is, is, is that an issue, do you think? I, I'm not sure. I guess that's a question for NICE in the sense of how's their recruitment going of new staff? I think as industry we're starting to pay for our NICE assessments as of April this year, which obviously gives NICE as an organisation more funding to look at how does it advance the resources and committees it needs. But I think, you know, providing we work in partnership with them early and that there is good horizon scanning taking place and that they can schedule things, um, that partnership should enable people to set the committees up and mm. look at things earlier, hopefully moving forwards. Mm -hmm. And you said that, that perhaps uh, more needs to be done uh, in terms of uh, market access and rare diseases and, and gene therapy. What, what do you have in mind there? Is it just more uh, a greater degree of partnership perhaps? Or on the industry side, is there something else that needs to be done? I think it is about partnering, it's about engaging early and having adult professional conversations with the NHS. I think those opportunities are there and I think the doors are opening more than perhaps they were historically. Um, but I also think it's about how do we assess rare disease and specific products. So do we need more modifiers considered in the actual HTA evaluation process? should things like severity or rare disease be given different levels of attention than you know, other disease areas mm -hmm. in the same way perhaps cancer has been with the Cancer Drugs Fund in the past. Mm -hmm. In terms of um, where uh, Bluebird Bio is, is currently focusing, so where I suppose your, your focus areas are when, when you've got, got to the back of your mind the market access considerations, um, where, where are the, the companies 
focused um, disease areas. At the moment, we're still a research phase or, you know, business. We haven't got anything on the market to date. Mm -hmm. So um, we applied for our first license to the EMA in October last year. Um, and initially our focus is on disease areas called haemoglobinopathies, so thalassemia and sickle cell disease, and also um, a very rare condition called cerebral adrenoleukodystrophy. If you look at thalassemia, there's about just over a thousand patients in the UK who have transfusion-dependent thalassemia. Um, those patients today end up going in for blood transfusions at least once a month, you know, on average. And as a consequence of that, build up excess iron. They therefore need iron chelation on a daily basis. And as a consequence of that, often develop long-term conditions earlier or more off, you know, more readily than you or I might, like osteoporosis, diabetes, cardiac heart problems. Um, so their quality of life as individuals is limited and the pressures on them from the health system perspective and their ability to go to work or go to school, you know, these are people that are affected from a very young age, um, is inhibited. So there are opportunities to really come forward with new options for that patient population and hopefully make a difference. Mm -hmm. And it, in terms of the, the um, areas that you're looking at and um, the, the, the gene therapies that you're, you're, you're working on, we hear in um, the wider industry quite a bit around pricing issues and uh, the, typically the high price, the price tags that are associated with these types of, of, of treatments. Um, is there anything you can tell me around well, how Bluebird Bio is looking to, to address pricing challenges within, within gene therapies? Yes, yeah, so it's quite exciting, I think, on a personal level. Um, Bluebird Bio has expressed very publicly in recent months our desire and aspiration to partner with the NHS on looking at commercial agreements to actually enable commissioners to pay over an extended period of time and also pay when they're, they've got evidence that the product's actually working, um, which is a very different approach to pricing than mm. we've seen historically in the industry. Um, so we've got a real willing, willingness as an organisation to take some of the risk that is often associated with pricing and affordability such that we would only expect the majority of payment to be paid over a period of time when they can actually see that the patient is benefiting from the treatment. And that means strong partnership. Um, it means lots of discussions with NHS England and NICE and doing it early. But I think it's a really exciting, different approach. Um, and hopefully will be a catalyst for change in the way we approach gene therapy and pricing for these things that are one-off treatments mm. but have long-term benefit. And has, has, have NICE and NHS England been am amenable to this sort of uh, payment by results type approach, would you say? Or is it, it, uh, is it an ongoing discussion? It, it's fair to say it's an ongoing discussion. <laughs> I think there's been openness on NICE and NHS England's path to have open conversation with us at this point in time. Um, how it will 
play out over time from a practical point of view in how easy it is to actually implement some of these things from a legal um, tracking patient information um, and also you know, from a finance modelling point of view with the treasury and the tax money and things like that is mm-hmm. more difficult to tell. But I think there's definitely an appetite for the conversation, which is great. Okay. Well, I've just got one other area I wanted us to, to talk about on, on this episode of, of the, the Pharma Forum podcast. Um, it's not a, by no means a, a small um, issue, of course. It's the, the, the topic of Brexit. Uh, we're recording uh, in um, in uh, mid-February with mm. just weeks to go in, in theory and, until uh, <coughs> the UK exits the, the, the European Union. Um, there's still as much up in the air, I, I suspect, as there was a month ago, six months ago, 12 months ago, um, however far back really perhaps you want, want to go. But as a, a UK GM for an American company with uh, offices in Switzerland, a manufacturing plant in, in Munich, how are you approaching Brexit? Um, I think there is uncertainty for all of us, whether we're patients, members of the general public, um, working in the health system or in the pharmaceutical industry. So I think we are watching it with interest. Um, we've definitely had conversations with the MHRA to try and understand what might need to evolve and change over time. Um, we work closely with the ABPI to understand how things will specifically impact from an industry point of view. Um, and I think all I can do as a GM is track the announcements at the moment, see what's changing, um, and try and ensure that as an organisation we're as ready and prepared for whatever happens. I think we have a responsibility to patients to make sure that new innovations come forward quickly. Um, and almost Brexit can't get in the way of that. Mm. So we will do our best to make sure we are fit to launch as and when we get a licence and do it quickly. I think what we have to hold on to is the fact that the UK government has been vocal about its commitment to innovation, to the life sciences industry and to advancing scientific advances. And we want to be part of that. So Brexit can't get in the way. Okay. Well, Nicola, thank you very much. Pleasure. Nice to meet you. And that's it for this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast and my chat with Bluebird Bio's Nicola Redfern on gene therapy and market access. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other instalments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast and Stitcher, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website to sign up for daily and weekly email pharmaceutical news and analysis bulletins. And follow us on Twitter, where we are at Pharma Forum. Pharma Forum.